3: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: You are looking live at the latest betting odds at the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. And folks, money is pouring in on the Dolphins and the Jaguars. The Dolphins, of course, are involved in the only game matching two unbeatens as the Buffalo Bills pay a visit to South Florida. And the reason why that money is coming in on the Dolphins, folks, has everything to do with injuries. Now, people who follow injuries sometimes overreact. But the one thing that smart bettors never do is when a cluster of injuries hit, they pounce. And that's why that line has come down. Remember, it opened as the Bills favored by six. Then it was revealed that their secondary has sustained numerous injuries. In fact, both of their safeties today, Micah Hyde, and unfortunately he's done for the season because of re-injuring that neck. He suffered a neck injury a couple of years back, and Jordan Poyer. Between the two of them, Hyde and Poyer, they have 79 starts together over the last six years. So now it becomes... Unknowns back there. And of course, Tua and his dangerous wide receivers will take dead aim. As far as the corners are concerned, the Bills are going to start two rookies. Now, they've been using a rookie at one corner, but Dane Jackson, the veteran, also a neck injury, is also out. This is the cluster effect. And this is why a lot of sharp money has gone to the Dolphins' side, even though when you take a look at what has happened, the Bills have an enormous winning streak against the Dolphins, okay? Now, even though Tua had that coming out party last week, the Bills have beaten the Dolphins, remember, seven straight times, and the average margin is 19.3. But that cluster of injuries to the Bills' secondary tells you why the money is moving in that direction. And we check in with the sportsbook director down at the South Point, Chris Andrews. He's been on top of the injuries all week long. And uh, Chris, from uh, your viewpoint down at the uh, South Point, what are, what are you seeing as far as the money as concerned? The Bills, of course, early in the week, they were a six-point favorite. Everybody was attracted to that streak involving them against the Dolphins, the way they have manhandled the Dolphins over the years. But now the money is moving in the other direction. And let's not forget the week that Tua had, 469 yards and six touchdowns. Tyreek and Waddle, they're two great receivers, Chris. Over 170 yards and two touchdowns apiece. What a matchup this is. But there's smart money moving in the direction of the Dolphins. Chris, down at the South Point, what are you seeing?
6: Well, just what you said, Brent, we're at four and a half. I mean, the tickets are about two to one in favor of the Bills, but the money uh, clearly on the Dolphins at this point. Uh, We're down to four and a half with the number. The Sharp guys have taken uh, – we opened a game six. They took the six. uh, They took five and a half. They took five. We're down to four and a half. So smart money on the dog, but the public strongly in favor of the Bills.
5: And you know what's also interesting, Chris, is that the the under, over the last couple of weeks, I think it's 22 and 11 to the underside. But when you take a look at the beaten up secondary of the Bills and what Tua did last week – and Josh Allen's got to shoot it out with him. Uh, you would think that some money would come to the over side on this game. What are you seeing? Well,
6: there's another one. We opened at 50 and a half. We're up to 54. Oh. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, the sharp money and and public money is on the over. I, I even see it going to 54 and a half in a couple spots. We haven't gotten bet over 54 yet, but I have a feeling we'll get there. Um, just not quite there yet. But that, that's a pretty significant move from where we open to where we are right now.
5: Earlier in the week, Chris, uh, you wrote for VSEN that you were surprised at the amount of money that the Texans and the Bears had attracted in their games because yeah. we're not talking about two unbeatens here, my friend.
6: No, I mean, uh, to the casual fan, this is absolutely the worst game of the day. But, you know, Brent, I, I remember many years ago, I was on a show with Roxy, and the and the guy said, you know, the, the number doesn't always matter. You know, just pick the winner. And I remember Roxy saying, We'll move a game from two and a half to three and see what happens. And that's exactly what happened in this game. You know, we do everything at minus 110 here at the the South Point. And uh, we've been back and forth with two and a half, three. You like the Bears, you lay the two and a half. You like the Texans, you take the three. And there's no shortage of opinions on this game, but it's mostly from the sharp money guys.
5: (laughs) You know, the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, probably the most disappointing team in the NFL so far shut out last week down in Jacksonville, but there's an interesting statistic about teams that are shut out the next week. More often than not, they spring back and win the game. Are you seeing any money coming in on the Colts as they host the Kansas city chiefs?
6: Yeah, quite a bit. This is uh certainly the uh, sharp money play of the day. We opened the Chiefs seven. They, they, I mean, they've walked us all the way down, Brent. They took seven, they took six and a half. They took six, It took five-and-a-half from me this morning. I'm at five. I even see it lower. I see it at four-and-a-half in a couple of spots. Actually, quite a few spots. But this is another one. Uh, The ticket count is about seven to one, I'd say, in favor of the Chiefs, something like that. So the public strongly on the Chiefs. Uh, Sharp guys on the Colts. We got a lot of uh, public money, both on the money line and teasers, et cetera, on the Chiefs. But there's no question about the sharper money is on the Colts in this game. And you don't go from seven to five just for the hell of it. Trust me. That's a a lot of sharp money. And that's been quite a bit of money that has come in on the Colts.
5: Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, I should mention, is unbeaten when he plays indoors. So uh, keep that in mind if you're going to make a late bet on that game also. Uh, Another injury, obviously, uh, Chris, and I think uh, Friday when it was revealed that Justin Herbert uh, had not really fully practiced with the Chargers. I think the betting markets think that he will not go later today against Jacksonville. That line fell. What what are you seeing as far as the bettors are concerned with the Jaguars in Los Angeles to play the Chargers?
6: Well, that's another one, Brent. They did walk us down there. Um, another game that we did open seven, and they walked us all the way down. But now I, w- I went down a little quicker when it seemed that the, uh, it seemed apparent the thought is that Herbert won't play. So they took the seven. I went directly to six. They took six. They took five and a half. I wound up going straight to four from there, which, you know, they they wound up taking a four, went to three and a half. They took that. Now, today, there's a report that Herbert is going to get a shot. They're going to test it out. They did try a shot on Thursday, and I heard the results were not very good. But that's a couple days ago, so we'll see if he plays today. Now, I had some sharp money this morning come in and lay me the three which makes me seem like, okay, at least there's a chance Herbert's going to play. But let, let's not forget that the backup quarterback is Chase Daniel, who's been around a long time. He's been a very valuable backup. Uh, also, the, that squad on the Chargers is a lot more than just Herbert. It's a pretty good team. So I don't know. I think three was probably a low watermark, and the Wise guys came in. They did lay me the three. I'm back to three and a half, which is pretty much what I see in the market. But if we find out more about Herbert conclusively, I think this, this number could go either back to three or, or way back up if Herbert looks good in practice.
5: The New York Jets are coming off their miracle comeback. Recovered an onside kick, and Joe Flacco did the rest against Cleveland last week. The Cincinnati Bengals, I mentioned Indianapolis is the most disappointing, but also joining them, the Cincinnati Bengals, there is absolutely something to the Super Bowl hangover. Lose the Super Bowl, and next year is rough going. That is for sure. But the Bengals are in New York to play the Jets. And the Bengals attracted a lot of attention, Chris, in the contests around town. They were one of the most heavily backed teams when you make those five picks at the Superbook and certainly right here at Circa. And uh, even in the survivor pools, a lot of people are on Cincinnati. What are you seeing at the book with the Bengals at the Jets?
6: I think a lot of people think that this is the week the Bengals finally get healthy. There's another one. We opened the in four and a half. We're all the way up to six and a half. And again, you don't you don't have that kind of move just for the hell of it. A lot of money on the Bengals. Uh, not, not much public support for the Jets, which kind of surprised me. I thought that they would maybe come in once we got to six. And certainly I thought so once we got to six and a half. But we haven't seen that yet. So a lot of people do believe in this Bengal team. And I've said before, they had offensive pro- line problems last year. They addressed it in the offseason, but I'm not sure they solved it. Um, and I'm not sure the Jets are the team that can exploit that. But, I, you know, I'd be careful here with this Bengal team laying a lot of points. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Brent. I think that Super Bowl hangover can mean something uh, over the past couple of years. It seems when like Brady loses a Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter. But when anybody else loses one, that hangover does persist the next year.
5: So we've got the Detroit Lions and uh, a tough bunch. They can run the football, no doubt about it. One of the best running teams in the league The Vikings, a huge disappointment coming off that Monday night game. You just, uh, when Cousins is playing on a Monday night, you've got to go against his team, no doubt about it. What have we seen? I was a little bit surprised by that line. Uh, The Lions were getting a touchdown. Chris, what have you seen down at the South Point?
6: You know, we're we're still a little heavy on the Lions. I opened this game seven. You know, you talk about the Vikings being disappointing. They weren't very disappointing after week one. I thought they looked like world beaters. But they looked horrible last week. So I'm not sure which lo- which Vikings team we're going to get. The Lions, you talk about them running the football. You know, we saw them in hard knocks. Um, yeah, I think with, with their coach and their philosophy, they're just going to be a tough team. I, you know, I don't know if that translates to a playoff spot or a winning record or anything like that. But I think you are going to get a, a solid effort from this team every single week. So we opened at seven. We went down as low as six. We're back to six and a half. So I'm starting to see some money come back in the, on the Vikings. But six and a half seems like a, a pretty good equilibrium. Seven was a take. Six was a lay. We'll see what they want to do with six and a half. But nothing really from the sharp guys either way at the six and a half.
5: All right, Chris. Thank you so much for your insights. We always look forward to them. Chris Andrews, sports director down at the South Point. This just in, the Bills also are going to be without starting defensive lineman Ed Oliver for the second consecutive week. Clusters of injuries, money flowing toward the Dolphins. Think about it as we count down to kickoff here on v
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on v the sports betting network.
5: Well, a reminder now, you've got to continue your football season betting by subscribing to v Pro daily. You get daily picks at a glance, and these guys are spot on. Some of the great tips from Steve Mackinan and everybody else here at BSIN. So sign up for the discounted football special. Get BSIN Pro access now through the Super Bowl on February 12th for only $175. Or you can save 50% off the monthly price with the annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Well, we welcome in two of my favorite guys, the maestro here at Circa, of course, Derek Stevens. His great right hand man, Mike Palm. Now, I got to tell you something about these two guys. Like me, they're avid baseball people, okay? They grew up. Mike was an umpire. Derek has owned minor league baseball teams, all right? So I was wondering about Aaron Judge, because everybody is betting or thinking about betting whether or not he's going to hit his 61st home run. So I asked our crack production crew, can you check and see for me if Aaron Judge played high school football? Oh, yes, he did, ladies and gentlemen. At Linden High School in California, he set there he is. or oh, you could pick him out. Of course he's on the left. Of course he's wearing number two. He set the single-season receiving yard record 969, touchdown reception 17, and he did it all on just 54 catches. He had a remarkable 17.9 yards per catch. His quarterback was Austin Alvarez. He said his team's offense ran this way. We either tossed it to Aaron Judge, or if that didn't work for some reason, I would run the football. So there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Mike and Derek, of course, they're putting up numbers every game on whether or not he'll hit sixty. I lost on it yesterday because I I wanted to pull for him here at uh, at Circa. But uh, Mike, what's what's the latest numbers you have tonight? Game four against the Red Sox, the ESPN baseball game.
7: Yeah, he's uh, plus two dollars, two to one to hit a home run and hit the sixty first tonight. You got a lay two thirty-five if you say he
3: doesn't do it today. <laughs> you can't bet no. You got to pull for him, right, Derek? Yeah, you know, Brett. This reminds me. I, I love these live look-ins. I mean, what happened with Pujols the other night? What happened yesterday oh, yeah. during college football? Every time Judge came in, we, we did the split screen across good. the country. I love when you see when you see some of these offensive live look-ins in baseball. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Albert Pujols. Uh, what a dramatic
5: moment for the, all the Latins we've had in baseball over the last couple of decades. He's the first to reach 700. And after he hit number seven, whatever a high five for Adrian Beltre, his good friend for oh. the Dominican. How about the
7: triple crown race? I mean, that's not getting talked about enough. I, oh. right. He
5: fell behind with 0
7: for 3 yesterday. Bogart's now a point ahead of him at 315. Judge at 314. And then Louis Arias with the twins at 313. So this is going to come right down to the final day. Absolutely.
5: <laughs> and Aaron Judge could have been an NFL receiver. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Derek, uh, Late money moves, uh, we've got uh, some injuries that have made impact on far as
3: wagers are concerned. Uh, what are you seeing with your late money movements here? Yeah, I mean, from uh, from a couple hours ago until uh, right now, Brent, here's the story. We we are seeing a lot of movement today, which which is the first time we've seen it this week. It happens every year, but we've seen a lot of movement on totals. So in that New England-Baltimore game, we went from a 44 to 45. From in the Buffalo Miami game, you know, if we were at 53, it's at a 55 right now. So it's a pretty big move. When we take a look at when we take a look at KC Indy, that, that number has gone from 50 to 51. Um, every total that's moved today, other than one, has gone up. Seattle, Atlanta went from 42 to 43 and a half. Um, it's it's pretty amazing, unlike when we were talking the other day. When it was all on the unders, all the line movements seemed to be on the totals going over. As far as the sides go, the biggest move that we've seen has been KC and Indy. It's also the largest volume game we we have by a long shot. is KC-Indy, and that line went from a a 5.5 to a 5. It's currently a a 4.5, so it's been a lot of Indy money coming in over the course of the last six hours. You know, and
5: uh, Mike, we've given out some unders because unders have dominated the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. I guess betters must think, well, we're going to resort to the mean or something. They're coming back on the overs as
7: well. Possibly. And then the injuries to Buffalo, obviously, True. is the, the big yeah. case there. Well, this indie game is very stri- funny because we took a very large money line wager on KC, but now getting this indie money and, and took an indie first half large wager last night. So it's these games are all over the board on both sides.
5: And uh, money has to be coming in on Jacksonville with every indication that Justin Herbert is either going to be slowed by that injury or even not going to play.
3: You, you know, Brent, Mike said something on follow the money on Wednesday. And when the line was at 7, there was questions about Herbert. Mike made a comment saying, why don't you take the plus 7? The line's not going to All that's going to happen if Herbert's out is the line's going to come down you're getting value. You know, inversely, when the line was at 3, why not lay the three? Sure. Because because you, it's, it's the line's not going to come, come down much more than that. So when you play it and when you get the numbers, real critical. And now we're up. Now we went to a three, and right now we're at three and a half. Mike, that's such great information for betters. On this
7: network, we talk a lot about handicapping, right? Trying to find the right side. But how about betting? That's just a betting thing. That's not a handicapping angle. Get everything you can down at seven. It's not going to go above seven if he plays. That's the number. But it could come down, I said, as far as three, and that's exactly where it went to. And now you've got, look at all those beautiful numbers, three, four, five, six, and seven.
5: Yeah, you know, um, Lawrence, He. we all talk about two of the great mm. comebacks last week with the Cardinals. And we kind of overlooked Lawrence's performance for the Jaguars last week. It may have been his best game in two years, too.
7: Well, and now you got with Doug Peterson, a coach not afraid to run the football. It's not a toxic atmosphere. That That was a dominating performance against the Colts. They controlled that game from five minutes in. There was no doubt who was the winner was going to be. So you know, I know Michael Lombardi said on this network that he thought if that, that if Herbert didn't play, he thought Jacksonville would win this game.
5: Interesting. <laughs> and uh, the survivor contest, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's getting ripped apart. And it's interesting to me that the Bengals, knocking out a lot of people last week, are now the most heavenly-backed Survivor team this week in
3: week three here at the circuit. Yeah, Brent, it's unbelievable. After two weeks, you know, two-thirds of the uh, entrants are knocked out going into week three. So we're down to, it was 2012, we're down to 2001 because there were 11 no picks yesterday. Really? So we're at 2001 active entries. And this week has set an all-time Circus Survivor record. There are 25 teams selected. We've never had... This much diversity. Twenty-five different NFL teams are selected in this in this week's circus survivors. So we know this is gonna be another week of Carnage, unfortunately.
5: And we look at it and somebody is back in the Jaguars. one person selected the Jaguars as their survivor, won the Titans, won the Cowboys. I'm a little bit surprised the Cowboys didn't attract more than that, but anyway, <laughs> and uh, one for the one for the Jets. Now, Mike, I had to weigh what I was gonna do. And I was gonna go to the Chargers this week until it started to go back and forth on whether or not Herbert is going to play. And I guess he's going to warm up and then decide whether or not he takes that painkiller shot or not. So I jumped off and did go for the Bengals, who Mm. were playing the Jets today. So we we shall see. The
7: Bengals took out a ton of people in week one when they lost to the Steelers, and then more last week with the (laughs) –
5: against the (laughs) – do it
7: once. Do but it. But the more, whiskey what's the... I
5: was drinking was good. You know what I'm saying? When I made that,
7: <laughs> hey, you're alive.
5: That's yeah, better than
7: two thirds of the entries. <laughs> it, it's
5: unbelievable, Derek. Uh, the, the Survivor Contest taking out this many in the first couple of weeks.
3: It's really unbelievable how many road favorites have been, in, in the way the schedule's played out. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's this has been a, a very different Survivor. Um, a lot of people ask, um, you know, will will this Survivor uh, not make the whole whole season. I still think someone's going undefeated. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the first couple weeks were really tough. Now, if we take a look at uh,
5: Sunday night, it's always, Mike, heavily bet game. And especially we've got a California team here mm. in Las Vegas. We've got the 49ers playing against the disappointing Denver Broncos down there. I would expect that uh, some folks will be backing the 49ers in this game.
7: There has been there's been public money on San Francisco and some sharp money on on the home dog here in Denver. Look, I, I'm on Denver tonight. Uh this this offense has functioned well between the twenties and they just they refuse to run the ball in the red zone. It's just pass, 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 field goal every time. If he could figure out how to call plays in the red zone, the Garoppolo got a nice spot to land in at home against Seattle last week with not, not a lot of pressure on him. A little different atmosphere at
5: Mile High tonight. Uh, money come in late on this one, Derek, here at uh, Circa. How does it
3: uh, show? Yeah, I mean, I still think this is going to be one of the top two or three games wager today. But the way the night game works, it's just too early for us to talk about. It. It's all going to come in after after the afternoon game. So right now, right now, the money, the, the money came in on San Francisco because we were at pick, then it went to one. We're currently hanging at one and a half. There is one uh, issue with the
5: Broncos, and that involves time management. Oh. And they added a coach. This week, and they should have had it at the beginning for Hackett, because if you don't know how to manage your timeouts or the clock, it leads to trouble, especially in a red zone. He doesn't get the play in quick enough. They're not
7: getting they're, The linemen aren't getting into their stance till 6 on the play clock. No audible possible for Russell Wilson at that point, and they're burning timeouts and taking delay of game pedals. You saw it in week one in Seattle, and then again in week two last night, uh, week against the Texans. By the way, we're, we're going to need the Texans. People on your
5: bears today. <laughs> well, Chris <laughs> Andrews down the other... He said he couldn't believe the amount of money that was bet on that game. You know, it's probably the least attractive game uh, on the card today. So there we have it. Derek Stevens and Mike Baum. Always look forward to seeing our boys from the Circa, the largest sports book in the world. When you visit Las Vegas, put it down. You got to come through the Circa. And if you see Derek, he may even buy you a beer. We'll be right back.
0: This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: Back live at the circa, and we want to shout out a big hello, Rochester, New York, because you're going to be listening live to Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on Radio 951. Welcome aboard Rochester's Radio 951 to VSIN the newest radio affiliate of the Sports Betting Network. And you're just in time for a great segment. I uh, welcome in my good friend, uh, star here at VCN for a number of years since we went on the air, Gil Alexander. Gil, it is so nice to have you on an actual countdown to kickoff. Yeah, I was just saying, off well, fair how we've done things together, but I've never had the honor of
8: of doing it right before kickoff on Sunday which of course what you are known for above all and so it's a real <laughs> honor. By the way the show promises icons I want to thank you for making an exception.
5: All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh and Gill we are joined by DraftKings Johnny Avello and of course uh, Johnny gives us the very latest uh, insights from New York and New Jersey the money pours into those apps for DraftKings back there. Johnny, welcome aboard uh, with Gil, my friend. How are you doing, and how's the money moving for DraftKings today?
9: It's excellent, and if you guys want to call me Phyllis George, I'm okay with that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so you want Gil to be the Greek. I see. Okay, I got it. Okay. Uh, Johnny and uh, Gil, let us start with uh, injuries. Uh, the game of the day, because it matches the two unbeaten. It's the only game with two unbeaten. of course. Buffalo with that great winning streak against the, uh, against the Dolphins. Gil, uh, how do you feel about that decimated secondary of the bills as we approach kickoff down in Miami? Yeah, it's a big, I mean, it's a big deal that I don't know if the casual fan necessarily
8: latches onto. They're looking at quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers. It's a a very large deal for Buffalo. And, and you know, are we going to get to the point where the offense just has to uh, outperform whatever deficit the defense uh, struggles with as far as this game itself it is a complete stay away for me. I don't want any part of it with that line. So this is just one I choose again. The, the the biggest advantage we have as bettors is we get to pick and choose what we bet on. I don't want any part of this game,
5: largely because of that. And uh, Johnny, it looks like it could be a a shootout. Uh, when you think about what Josh Allen has to do with that decimated defense, uh, are you seeing the over under numbers move on DraftKings in this game?
9: This is one of the biggest moves of the of the entire week, as far as the totals concerned. Opened up 51 and a half. We're up to 54 and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating 55 here before kickoff. And I think the money's like uh, 90% on the over. So no no one wants anything to do with the under in this one.
5: Yeah, and again, the Bills will be without three of their starting defensive backs. Both safeties, and unfortunately, Micah Hyde has been lost for the season, but Poyer is also out today and they're going to be missing Jackson on the corner. Two rookies on the corner. Tua licking his chops with Waddle and Hill ready to go. The other big injury, Johnny and I am wondering how carefully uh, DraftKings is keeping an eye on what Justin Herbert decides in pregame warm-ups, whether or not to take that painkiller because he had that cartilage broken in his rib ribcage. Uh, what's your feeling as we look ahead to the Jaguars in Los Angeles to play the Chargers?
9: You know, I'm trying to get a definitive answer because that's huge for us. Now, remember, we opened this game up nine. That was before the injury. Uh, we're down to three and a half. Now, all of that is not money, Brent. Uh, some of that's money and some of that's moving because of the injury not being out to get to the number we need think we need to be to. But, you know, if Chase Daniel's going to be the starter in this game, that number is probably going to drop even a little more. It's probably going to drop down to at least the key number of three and possibly even a little lower. I know Herbert wants to go everything I'm reading. He wants to go, but the training staff wants to keep him out. So we'll see who wins that battle.
5: Gil, your feeling on this game. It's, it's so
8: fascinating as you and Johnny know, because we, we have other implications to survivor being one of them. Right? So, you know, it's and and millions contests where people have to make decisions as to whether or not okay they had a static line on a Wednesday. Uh, DraftKings has a has a contest too where the number is far greater than it is now. And so, do you make the choice? Well, I've got to play it because I got to play the Jaguars because it's such a much more favorable line three days ago. Or do I go contrarian and decide to let everybody else play it? I don't. And then, as Johnny's saying, we don't even know quite yet. We think Justin Herbert's playing, uh, even if he does. Does he play effectively for the duration of the game? Does it last for a half? And then they make another decision. So it's so many things swirling, and that's what makes this so
5: interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Johnny, when we take a look at a team like the Ravens, Lamar Jackson had a spectacular game, but the Miami Dolphins had a better comeback. And uh, Tua played by far the best game of his career, six touchdown passes. Uh, Are people thinking that the Ravens will bounce? At New England, or are they looking at the Patriots as a home dog at DraftKings?
9: Uh, they like the Ravens in this spot. Um, you know, we did drop from opener order three down to two and a half minus 20, which means we initially went to two and a half, uh, and now they're, we're seeing Ravens' money. i tell you, Brent, this is pro football. This is not a college football. There's no emotions here. You dropped one last week, a game you should have won. You lost it. These are the big boys. They move on. They move that out of their head. They get ready for the following week. So, you know, I would look for, uh, you know, the Ravens to to just play a good solid game and put that behind them.
5: And, uh, Gil, do you have a feeling on the Ravens Patriots? I took the Ravens. I took the Ravens at
8: two and a half. I also played them in the contest. Um, I also have him as one of my survivor entries as well. As Johnny will tell you, this is really toggled between two and a half and three. Those are the points of resistance on each side in terms of the betting movement on it, which is really fascinating to look at, especially on Sunday mornings, just bouncing back and forth. Maybe it's settled in at two and a half now. I do worry, I will be honest with you, about you know do the Ravens have enough uh, offensive weapons over the long term to actually have themselves a division-winning season? I do worry about that a little. Is Lamar good enough to overcome all of those potential uh, deficits? But a lot of this for me, Brent, is I'm still relying on a lot of my preseason handicap, and I'm not a big Patriots guy. And so here in week
5: three, I'm still sort of leaning on that. That'll eventually slough off over the next couple weeks. And uh, Johnny, taking a look at a game that uh, down at South Point, Chris Andrews told us that there was sharp money showing on the Colts, the public money backing Kansas City. And I'm wondering what DraftKings has seen on Kansas City at perhaps the most disappointing team of the season, the Indianapolis Colts.
9: Uh, definitely. We you know uh, expectations were high for this team early, but a couple of things about this Colt team Uh if you're going to put it together, this is a good week to do so. Brent, not not all is lost. It's about winning a division. The, the division is weak. Uh, you know, it can still be had, even if they lost this game. But Matty Ice has been terrible so far. So if he's coming up with a big week, maybe this is it. This line is dropping as we speak. Now, it's not dropping over the initial number of three, because this thing got up as high as uh, six. But it is dropping from that six number now you would say, okay, where's the money on this game? I can tell you that this game is bet very, very heavily by the general public on the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. So even though we're taking some money back, we are so high on the Chiefs. This is a big game for us. Jill? You know the, uh,
8: the Malcolm Gladwell book, Blink, where you yes. just over a, of a lifetime of experiences, you're able to make Absolutely. a decision. This just strikes me as the week that the Colts rise up, maybe not to win, but certainly to cover and crushes the public. And I'm with Johnny on the fact, they're they're 0-1-1. They're in a terrible division. The season is not lost. We have to sort of, yes, they have not been good the first two weeks, and again, against the two worst teams in their division. But we have to sort of think that if they just, like they have to get back to the Jonathan Taylor thing. They didn't do that. They abandoned that last week. So the Colts are actually like, we got to try to minimize what we've seen the last two weeks and remember how we felt about them beforehand.
5: Uh, You know, the NFC East for the last few years, they have been the weakest division of the eight. No doubt about it right now. It is the AFC South. Now, the reason why the NFC East is no longer as weak as you might think, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are putting it together. Jalen Hurts, one of the hardest-working quarterbacks, I'm told, in the entire NFL. And when you watch him set his feet now and throw... He has improved so much from his college days at Alabama and Oklahoma. So, Johnny, we have the Eagles. They got a division game. They go into Washington to play the Commanders. What's your feeling about that game?
9: Uh, as far as the money's concerned, we've taken more on the Eagles. My personal feeling is that the Eagles are just a better team than the Commanders. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I've never played you know, been a Jalen Hurts guy as a pro. I loved him in college. I loved his attitude, even when he had to take the second string position. Now he has come a long way, Brent. You mentioned it. He's a hard worker. Um, I think the Eagles are going to have a very successful year. Whether Jalen Hurts is the guy that brings them to the big game and win it, I don't know about that. But, you know, I just like the team overall. I think uh, I like the coach. I like things that are happening there in Philadelphia. I, I look for them to play a very good game today.
8: Eagles are a better team, but it's a lot of points, and funny things happen
5: when these two teams play. <laughs> uh, Phyllis George, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Johnny Avello and Gil Alexander, uh, thank you so much for that wonderful segment. We could have gone on and on today. Johnny Avello for the DraftKings, Gil Alexander from Vision. Catch him on drive time in the morning. Thanks, guys, as we continue live here on the Countdown to Kickoff. Steve Mackinan is next.
0: If you dare.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to
0: Kickoff on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Well, another reminder about VSIN Pro that you can subscribe to. And uh, up next is a guy who contributes so much the Vsin Pro and that is Steve Macken you certainly want to read his tips early and often throughout the week and you can get the discounted football special Vsin Pro access to everything we do from now on through the Super Bowl Super Bowl will be down in Arizona and it's for only $175 or you can save 50% off the monthly price with the annual subscription and bet smarter all year long go to vsin.com Subscribe, vcin.com, subscribe. So as I promised, Steve Mackinnon joins us. And uh, Steve, it's interesting because I know one of your key points throughout the week has been, if you're a better, beware of week three, because the bookmakers really sharpen the pencils, don't they?
2: Yeah, they sure do. Historically, Brent, this is a this is typically a death week for betters as they they fall into what I like to refer to as a lot of crap. Uh, the uh, I mean, they they formed definitive opinions about teams, and in a lot of cases, they're wrong.
5: You know, you point out that week three, home underdogs that own a one-one record have been the worst betting options. I just stopped when I read that sentence. I said, what? And, and then you pointed out, and you've got several examples.
2: Yes, this is an interesting one, Brendan. You think the one-and-one one home dogs, hey, these teams are probably pretty good yet. Uh, they're, they'll probably make a good home underdog. But in most cases, these one-and-one one home dogs are facing one of the more elite opponents in the league. Or they probably got a win maybe they didn't deserve or it was against one of the lesser teams. So the jury's still out. On these one and one teams, they could still be worthy of that home underdog role. And uh, for today, we got New England in that situation. We have the Jets in that situation. We have Arizona and Denver. All four of those teams are one and one home dogs. And uh, like I like said, it uh, hasn't been that good. Twenty and twenty-nine uh, against the spread for forty percent over the last uh, thirty years.
5: Yo, know, Steve, I want to go in on the uh, on the Jets because our bookies today have said that. Money is coming in on the 0-2 Bengals uh, in that game. And you and I, we've talked about the Super Bowl hangover. It's something that obviously is real because you have detailed it statistically uh, in years past. Uh, but your feeling about, about the Jets sitting in this situation, they're coming off that miracle comeback against Cleveland.
2: You know, one of the things where, where a home underdogs do farewell is when they're play, facing a team that didn't score well in the first couple of weeks. And that, it makes a lot of sense there. This offense isn't click, clicking yet. So why is this team a road favorite? They just don't deserve to be. And the Bengals are in that situation right now. Regardless of the talent they have, regardless of the fact that they went to the Super Bowl last year, uh, they are not clicking offensively right now. And to be laying seven points or so with them today seems uh, maybe a bit high. to me.
5: So that speaks to the week three home dogs facing the O2 team. That have fared relatively well, going eight and ten SU, but eleven and seven over the last thirty seasons. And along with the Jets, you've also got a play here on the Titans hosting the Raiders on this one. Tell us about that, Steve.
2: Yeah, that's another another game there where you you have to wonder the status of that road favorite. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people believe there's good offensive talent to Las Vegas now, but you're talking about a Tennessee team. That has historically played very gritty football under Mike Vrabel, and they're they're 0 2 right now. Uh, obviously, the last week's game at Buffalo was just a buzz saw. They ran into uh, hard to really judge them entirely based upon that game, and uh, come off number one uh, uh, seed in the AFC playoffs last year, is this team ready to give up at this point? You, I, I mean, I'd have to doubt it.
5: All right, now, Week Three home underdogs facing. An unbeaten two and O team. Now they have struggled. This also surprised me. They've gone just twelve and thirty four straight up, nineteen twenty six and one ATS. That's only forty two percent. Steve points out over the last thirty seasons. Tell us about this one on the home underdogs facing unbeaten teams.
2: you, you know, you think this is probably a momentum deal. You know, what I mean, I mean, against against two and all opponents, uh, they. they <laughs> why the opponent is a good team. I mean, it's just a lot to it. So you got Miami in that situation, got Indianapolis and you got Washington. Uh, If I look at those games, uh, the three of them, I'm a little skeptical right now of Miami and Indianapolis struggling today because there's a lot of money on the other side. So uh, I kind of stay away from that one, but uh, Philadelphia is probably in pretty good shape there. against Washington to keep rolling the way they have played offense.
5: Now, Nine underdogs on the card here on week three. Do you find that unusual when you look back at the statistics over the years, Steve?
2: Very unusual. Went back 30 years, and uh, week three, home underdogs, nine is the most. It's happened twice, 2001 and 2012, and we are, it looks like we are on a schedule to equal that. It, it, we could even go to 10 if the, somehow the Cowboys end up being a favorite against the Giants tomorrow night.
5: Yeah, that that's uh, well thought out because there's going to be some money coming in on the Cowboys because there are a lot of people who don't think the Giants are a strong 2-0 and team. Now, we'll see that on Monday night. And and finally, uh, Steve, tell us about the Week 3 uh, home dogs playing a non-conference opponent. Tell us about that.
2: These teams have been uh, – uh, they've struggled. So, you think about the familiar, familiarity aspect here, and I, I think uh, – you don't have a good uh, game plan lined up against an unfamiliar opponent, you're struggling. It typically leads to continued struggles. So these teams have gone 15-23 and against the spread. And uh, for that one, we have Denver tonight uh, going up against San Francisco. San Francisco, of course, going with the uh, backup quarterback with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo tonight after the Trey Lance injury.
5: So there you have it. And uh, Steve says take a long look at the underdogs today. And that will lead me down... To the late game today that will have the most eyeballs, uh, we've got, of course, Brady against Rodgers, Packers, Buccaneers, Steve. Uh, that's the late game today. Uh, the Packers, interestingly enough, are only 2-5 and five ATS in their last seven games down in Tampa Bay. But the Buccaneers' uh, short wide receivers, uh, they had activated somebody they signed on Wednesday, okay? Beasley is going to be active at... But the one thing I do remember, Steve, about Tom Brady, especially with New England, those tight ends like Edelman, the little guys crossing in the middle of the field, Brady's made a strong living off of that play. So beware of that. But what's your feeling about Green Bay at Tampa Bay today, Steve?
2: You know, this is an interesting game. And the fact that with so many injuries, the Packer receiving situation not settled here, uh, You hear a lot of people talking about, oh, this is going to be a defensive game. And it wouldn't surprise me if Brady and Rodgers do their thing. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, are you really willing to go out on a limb and say that Brady and Rodgers are not going to be the most impactful players in a game like this? So uh, you have to like the fact, if you're a Packer backer, that, uh, that Brady doesn't have his usual allotment of weapons. Uh, so that that goes for them, but on the other side, yeah, you got Rodgers has struggled at Tampa Bay and uh, Tampa Bay uh, home, home smallest home favorite they've been in quite a while. Uh, very just a very intriguing game, Steve.
5: Yeah, exactly. And you know, normally the over under number would be up in the fifties, and uh, here in all around town and with DraftKings, it's dropped into the forties. So they're expecting a bit of a defensive battle down there today, Steve.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is still two of the greatest quarterback in the history of the game here, and you're saying they're not going to score points today. So something to watch.
5: <laughs> and unders have been hitting, though, at 78% uh, through the last couple of September. Steve McEnany, thank you so much for your uh, great insights, and we look forward to what you come up with on VSEN Pro regarding week four, Tuesday and Wednesday. Check it out. You don't want to miss Steve. Thanks a lot. And, uh, to give everybody a little bit of a recap, uh, injuries are at the top of the board here today because of the bills and the dolphins game. That's the only game matching two unbeatens, but the bills secondary has been decimated. They're going to be without three of their starters, both of their safeties. Unfortunately, Micah Hyde has been lost for the season. But Jordan Poyer, because of a foot injury, he will not be playing today either. Now, Hyde and Poyer, 79 starts together the past six years, so definitely they're going to miss him. But also, starting corner, Dane Jackson is out, also another neck injury. So the Bills against Tua and Waddle and Tyreek Hill they're going to have two rookies on the corners Now, those two rookies have alternated at the one corner for the Bills so far, so they have had some game action. But now it's going to be rookies out there and, of course, two different safeties. So it's going to be very, very tough for that secondary. And a lot of people are thinking that Josh Allen, who has played superbly throughout his career uh, against the Dolphins, will shoot it out against Tua. So if you're looking for an over-under... Take the Bills and the Dolphins today, folks. That'll do it as we count down to kickoff on week three. Cash some tickets because that's what it's all about. So long, everybody.